they told me there was that team. They told me they was their squad. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And good morning to you if you're watching this live. Uh, we're doing this on a, what is this, Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, hope everybody is having a good morning so far. Uh, if you are traveling out of town, I know this is normally the day that people travel, you know, especially go to family members homes for thanksgiving do it normally tuesday or wednesday so if you're on the highway and you're listening to this um hopefully i don't disappoint you in a <laughs> and i hope you have safe travels okay and i hope everybody's having a uh you know a good thanksgiving holiday uh you know uh preparation day you know i know there's a lot a lot of things going on but let's go ahead and talk about <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room Okay, let's go ahead and talk about this. Now, I know what the title of the show is. Okay, folks, so check this out, okay? Uh, I put a schedule on here, right? So, um, you know, when I put a title up, you know, it's normally, you know, probably a couple hours in advance, probably even a day in advance. So I know the title says, what have we learned from the week 11 game uh, versus the Falcons for the Saints? And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But we got to address the elephant in the room. We got to address what everybody wants to talk about. That's right. We got to talk about (laughs) that squad, that team, the team that everybody has been talking about, the team that is supposed to dethrone the New Orleans Saints from the NFC South, the squad that is supposed to be in the Super Bowl, the squad that is supposed to be the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl in a home stadium. The squad that have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. The squad that has the embarrassment of riches. And yet again, on primetime television, they cannot get the job done. I'm talking about the underachieving. Over, I mean, what over deliver, underselling Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what, who that nation? You know, I, I, I had a little while to think about what I wanted to say. Some of you probably already know where I'm going if you've been following me on social media. State of Saints, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have more excuses 
than a little bit. They have more excuses than a fourth grader without their homework. They have more excuses than a deadbeat who doesn't see his children. They have more excuses than, than I don't want to go there, but they have a lot of excuses out there. Every single week, Tampa come through with the excuses. Week one, the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What did we hear? Oh, well, this is our preseason. The Saints been together longer than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is our preseason game. We have to we have to learn how to mesh. That's that's the word. That's the word right there. Mesh. Okay. I don't think a I don't think a guy who has ski dogs says mesh more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. When a guy is on you know on a ski and he got his snow dog, he got his huskies. He said mesh, mesh. I don't think he says mesh more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans always talking about mesh, mesh this, mesh that. Wait till week after week one. The Saints got us this time, but what about the next time? Then they start winning a couple games, and they're like, oh, man, we on top. I told y'all, I told y'all, told y'all we was coming. Then all of a sudden, they just start signing folks, and they just start talking mad greasy. And I'm wondering to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. Oh, oh, where they coming from? You know what I'm saying? I got the binoculars on because I'm looking, and I'm seeing – Tampa Bay fans coming from far and wide, from here, there, and everywhere, like a Dr. Seuss book. I'm like, where they come from? So they just start infiltrating NFC South pages, NFC pages, talking about it's our time. It, the, the Saints is up. It's over with. It, it's finito, kaput. This is what I was hearing. And I'm like, am I missing something? I'm like, I'm telling them. I'm like, just because you buy players for $99.95, you picked up a coupon that got you Antonio Brown. It does not mean that you guys are going to win the division. But did that stop Tampa Bay fans? No, of course not, because they're so excited and they've been holding on to this excitement since 2007. They've been, they've been breathing it in. They've been holding it in. You cannot control them. They start jumping out of the window. All of a sudden, they lose to Chicago. Well, 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 well what happened was uh, Tom Brady, the, the offensive line, our, our left tackle, he young. He, he, he got to grow our right tackle. Okay, cool, whatever. They start winning some more games. Then they start jumping out the window some more. They start beating teams that the Saints lost to. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Packers. And they really was talking greasy. I'm like, come on, what are you doing? I'm like, just because y'all beat the Packers and the Raiders don't mean nothing. We ready for y'all. We ready for y'all. They signed Antonio Brown. You couldn't tell these folks nothing. They signed Antonio Brown. It's over with. It's over with. They start looking at the press clippings. They start looking at speak for yourself. They start looking at undisputed and first take. And they started to buy the hype. But they knew, they didn't know something that we knew who that nation. They, they didn't know that you actually have to play the games. We're not playing Madden. But they still, they still thought. Week nine, week nine, week nine. All on a podcast, all on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Other podcasters that I know talking to me, mad greasy. Once again, man, we got y'all week nine. This is our division. 
And what happened in front of a nationally televised audience who that nation? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get shellacked. Shellacked by the New Orleans Saints. But did that stop Tampa Bay from realizing that, hell, maybe this team isn't all it cracked up to be. Maybe the media is blowing this a little bit out of proportion. Did that stop them? Nope. What was their excuse then? Well, we just got Antonio Brown. So I'm I'm asking you who that nation. If we had to wait after week one, if we had to wait to grunt getting into football shape, if we had to wait for Chris Godwin to come back from his finger injury, if we had to wait for the offensive line to click, if we had to wait for Leonard Fournette to finally be in an offensive rotation, if we had to wait for Antonio Brown to learn the offense and have chemistry with Tom Brady, somebody please tell me, how long do we have to wait? Somebody please tell me that. You know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King wrote a book called Why We Can't Wait. You know what I'm saying? Sleepy Brown wrote a song that says, I can't wait. I am waiting, folks. I'm like sitting at the bus stop waiting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to show up. What Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to show up? When is this super team that everybody's talking about going to show the hell up? Somebody please tell me that. I'm about to tell Tampa Bay fans loud and clear. Y'all are better than y'all have been over the last few years. I think we all can agree. We all can agree that Tampa Bay is a much better team. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm about to tell you something that you need to hear. You hear, hear it first right here on the State of the Saints podcast. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not that good. They're not. They're not that good. They are not that good. They are not the upper echelon of the NFC. They are not a Seahawks team that has Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. They are not a Rams team with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. They are not even in the same room when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints just won a game. The Saints just won a game with a backup quarterback that is mo- that has mostly played read options throughout his entire career. If Tom Brady, this is how you know you have a good team. If Tom Brady is to get hurt from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they ain't going nowhere, period. Great teams know how to adjust. Great teams don't make excuses. Great teams make it happen. When the Saints didn't have Emmanuel Sanders, they didn't have Michael Thomas, they don't have Drew Brees, they made adjustments. When the Saints didn't have Janoris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, They made adjustments that separates the good from the great. And you cannot buy greatness. You can't buy chemistry. You can't buy brotherhood. And you damn sure can't buy championships. Tampa, congratulations. You have entered the land of relevancy. But that's where it ends. That's where it all ends. It is over. It is over, okay? Y'all going to make the playoffs. But... Y'all are going to run into a team with a pass rush. Y'all cannot protect Tom Brady. Whatever team comes through that has a pass rush or an above average quarterback, you all are going to lose to him. It's just as simple as that. 
You cannot play zone defense against an above-average quarterback. If you do that to Russell Wilson, he is going to pick you apart. If you do that to Drew Brees, he's proven. He's going to pick you apart. Jared Goff pick you apart. Tampa, it's better for you to hear from me. It's not going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. Please, pretty please, listen to your boy. You are not that good. It's just, it's just that simple. Above average. Average even. I, you know what I'm saying? On a certain Sunday, he might even play great. But that's as far as it goes. It's just as far as it goes. Bruce Arians, you, I, I, I even give you another high take. You will never win a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians as your head coach. Bruce Arians has arguably the greatest quarterback of all time looking like straight slow because he is so arrogant. He is such a, he is so petty that he wants this praise that he can't even adjust his offense to suit a six-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Trust and believe, folks. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad this didn't happen, but I'm just going to call it for what it is, and then I'm going to answer some questions. If Tom Brady would have came to the New Orleans Saints, if Drew Brees would have retired, and they said the Saints were thinking about getting Tom Brady, I guarantee you that Tom Brady would be in an MVP conversation because Sean Payton is smart enough to run his offense based on the strengths of his quarterbacks, and he doesn't ask the quarterbacks to do something that is outside of their norm. Bruce Arians turns to some of the most above-average quarterbacks to pretty much below average. And as long as he's y'all coach, I'm, I hope, like, I, I'm praying, keep Bruce Arians. Please keep him because y'all never win nothing with him. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's get to the questions here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show, being a part of the chat. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me start with Kent. Kent says, uh, signs of a good team. Exactly, Kent. I don't want to hear anything. You know, see, that that's how Tampa, that's how, like, honestly, that's how you know Tampa Bay don't know nothing about football. Tampa Bay fans know absolutely nothing about football because they really feel like great, you know what I'm saying, great teams are defined by their players. That's that's halfway true. That's halfway true. Great, you know what I'm saying, great teams is a combination of players and coaches. So when they come on there and they see like stuff like Drew Brees not playing or Michael Thomas not playing, they start getting excited and giddy because they feel like, oh, the Saints are nothing but Michael Thomas and that's it. They're nothing but Drew Brees and that's it. That's that's what they think because they've seen that for so many years. If Jameis Winston out the lineup, then there's a drop off. If, uh, you know, Ronald Jones was out of the lineup, it's a drop off. If Mike Evans was out of the lineup, it's an L. But the Saints know how to adjust. That is the that's the recipe of a great team, and that's why the reason they're not because they rely on one or two players, and when those one or two players are not in the lineup, they don't know how to adjust. So that's the reason why. Like I said, I hope they keep Bruce Arians. Keep him. They can. They honestly, they can keep him post Drew Brees, and the Saints will still be in playoff contention because Bruce Arians is too arrogant too cocky for him to get out of his own way and humble himself and, and sit down with, with Tom and be like, look, okay, look, what we doing ain't working. 
but he'll never do that because he want all the praise. Uh, smash up uh, them like fans. Uh, man, I I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth today. Look, I I'm just being real, man. It's, it's, it, they're not that good. They're, they're not that good. And I'm not even saying it. You know, I'm not even saying that. Like, I'm, t I'm telling you, folks. That that has like I'm not even I'm I promise you I'm telling you the 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 God honest truth. Tampa Bay has never scared me as a team. They have never scared me as a team. I, I didn't buy into it in the first place. I, I never bought into these dudes. Never bought into them. Uh the Bucks uh straight up trash, two game lead. Who that? I don't want to say they trash. Twin, I don't want to say they trash. I'll give them credit. They're, they're better than they, they once were. I, I'll give them credit for that. But they're not that they're not as good as everybody trying to make them out to be. You know, it to me, they're the Browns. Like, seriously, they're the Browns. Like how the Browns had Odell and Jarvis Landry and you got Njoku and they got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, that's what they are. They're the Browns. Okay, the Browns will give you a Sunday where they just look incredible, and then they'll give you another Sunday where they just look like slow. Like it, it they're inconsistent. You don't know what you're gonna get. You know what I'm saying? Like you see on one week they're scoring 46 points, the next week they're getting beat by three or four touchdowns. That's not a good football team. That's not answer me this, man. You probably can count on one hand how many times the Saints got blew out of a football game in the last three seasons. And the only one I can think of right off the bat, in my humble opinion, is the Atlanta Falcon game, where it just didn't seem like the Saints just, no matter what they did, they just were getting dominated. You know why the Saints don't get blew out? Because they're a good football team. They're a well-coached football team. Sean Payton, how many times have we seen in the first half the Saints uh, do something, it don't work, second half they come out there looking like world beaters? Because Sean Payton knows how to adjust. His coaching staff knows how to adjust. Bruce Arians, I, I just feel like he just runs his, his, his plays. No matter if they didn't work in the first half, he's going to run them in the second half. He's going to run them until they make them work. Once again, keep Bruce Arians. Keep him as long as you want to. As long as y'all want. Please do. Because you ain't winning nothing with him. You're not. I wish they saved Bucks versus Rams for Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, it still was on national TV, so, you know. Uh, Panthers fans are the good fans to the Saints. Uh, look, man, I, I I ain't got nothing against the Panthers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I want them to lose when we play them. But being being in South Carolina, and I stay about three hours from Charlotte, you know, I, I see my fair share of Panthers fans. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, every Panther fan I rule into, they, they got this team loyalty, but it's not, like, so reckless or whatever. Even, like, even when they were winning, even when they were, like, Super Bowl contenders, and they went to the Super Bowl, it, they weren't like, you know, just aggravating, you know what I'm saying, to a point where they just get on your nerves. Like, Falcon fans and Bucks fans, I'm like, look, like, what have y'all done? Like, say, what have y'all done? You know, I don't know. Unapologetic TJ, unapologetic Saints are miles ahead of Tampa. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I, I just want people to understand that. It's, it's, it's way beyond just team loyalty at this point. The Saints are leaps and bounds better than every team in the NFC South. And I know it makes them mad. I get it. 
if the Falcons were like leaps and bounds better than the Saints, it would take me off too. The Saints are just better. The Saints are like better in, in, in every single way. Every way. You know what I'm saying? Like every single way, they are better. Now on paper, Tampa looks great. But the Saints are just, man, they, they better coach. They got more discipline. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the players are more hungry. They've been battle tested. It, it's like they, they just better. That just comes with time. And it, like I said, I know people get mad at us for saying this, but it's the truth. Like the only thing, like only thing the NFC other the other NFC South teams can do. This this is this is the truth, Saints fans. This is the this is the truth. I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the week eleven game. I, I promise you folks, but this is this is just the truth. Okay. The only thing the NFC South fans can do is wait on the Saints to fail. Because they, they cannot do anything about the Saints at all. They got to wait for the Saints to, to slip up or trip up in order for them to say anything. They, 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 it hurts them to their soul that they can't come after a game where we play them and talk noise to us. It hurts them. It hurts them that they just want to talk so much noise and they just want to be competitive so bad. And the Saints go out there and just completely humiliate them, embarrass them, beat them into submission to a point where it is it's no, it's of no type of debate that the Saints are better. And it kills them. The only thing the South can do is just wait on the Saints to fail. Saint, you know what I'm saying? That's why they do it. You know what I'm saying? Every single year. The Saints win a division for the last three years. The Saints slip up in the playoffs. Ah, ha, y'all suck, y'all suck. That's all they can do. That's all they can do because they can't get the job done. So they have to hope and wait and pray for another team to come knock off the Saints because they can't do it. And they're mad that they can't do it. So they laugh at the Saints' misfortunes because they can't get the job done. I, I mean, look, the realest fan in the world Gotta be real about that. If, if if the Falcons were winning all the time, it, when it all comes down to it, I'm just mad because they're successful in my team night. Looks like it's too late to tank for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna tank, man. They're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs, man. I'll give them that. Uh it makes me mad when Brady won't acknowledge the other quarterbacks when he loses, so a loser. Well, that's on him, man. You know, yeah, that's on him. Uh, Ashley says, uh, why do the Bucks continue to play zone if they are unable to cover? I just don't understand that coaching. I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. Like, if you play an above average quarterback, if you play an above average quarterback and you play zone, he going to pick you apart. Like, are you crazy? Like, uh, like, Todd Bowles, God bless him, man. I like Todd Bowles. I really do. Todd Bowles is so, was so afraid of Drew Brees that he refused to blitz him. He refused to blitz him. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is, you know, <laughs> the, the, the secret was out last season, right? The secret was out. Teams felt that if you put your pass rushes in the middle in an A-gap, then you can rush you can rush Drew Brees. You you can get to Drew Brees with pressure. But then they went out there and they got Caesar Ruiz and they put him next to Eric McCoy. They asked Andrews Pete to drop about 30 pounds. And even the most 
critical person of Andrews Pete, you got to admit he's playing much better this season. But they, you know what I'm saying? They told Andrews to slim down. Now he's faster. They can't. It don't work. It don't work anymore. You know what I'm saying? I know Caesar Ruiz gave up a sack, but I mean, he only get, you can count how many times on one hand he gave up a sack this season. So his best, and his best days are ahead of him. They can't stop him. I mean, look how much time Taysom Hill had in the pocket. When Taysom Hill got sacked, it's because Taysom Hill didn't want to throw the football. He didn't want to pull the trigger. It wasn't because, uh, you know, the, the offensive line didn't protect him. So, I mean, the Saints fixed that. So, I mean, what, where are the, you know what I'm saying, the weaknesses in this team? Let's see. Bruce Arians got Brady throwing bombs. Like, why don't you run the ball more? You got two running backs. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones ran for almost 200 yards last week. You know what I'm saying? Like against the Carolina Panthers. Okay, now one of them was like a large, a, a, a long 90-yard touchdown. But nevertheless, if you give these guys opportunities, they're gonna run the football. The dude just too impatient. He he when he he's Sean Payton before Sean Payton realized you need to run the football. That that's what it is. He, he that's who he is right now. I will say this, you know what I'm saying? Running the football, I know we talk about that. But Sean Payton has uh, been trying to run a football this season. I have seen the Saints try to run a football. Bruce Arians just refused to do so. He just refused to do it. Like, you got two studs back there. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't trust your team. You, you don't trust his team. But like I said, keep him as your coach, please. Johnny says, yep, uh, you're right, the Browns. I mean, the Browns got all that talent. What they got to show for it? You know? Coaching matters, man. Coaching matters, folks. You can look, you can have so many names on a marquee, but if you ain't got the right coach, you ain't winning nothing. You ain't winning nothing. Emerson says if they want to win, uh, they're going to need to fire Bruce. But like you said, keep him. Yeah, he's the problem. Bruce Arians is the problem. He's the reason why the Bucks aren't going to be successful. It's not. It's not Tom Brady. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't Jameis Winston. It's not the talent. It's pretty obvious. It's not. It's the coaching. It's him. Uh, that's why they got rid of him in Arizona. Yep. He want to do things his way. I'm telling you, man, if they want to win, if they want to win the division, they're going to have to get another coach. He, he ain't the answer. Uh, make sure you check those balls that Tom Brady is throwing. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, they look like they're pretty inflated to me. I mean, the only thing uh, deflated is his football game. I mean, is his football play. That, that's the only thing deflated. Uh, Teddy doing a great job for the Panthers. Proud of him. Yeah, he really is, man. And I think it's just the fact that they actually run uh, offense similar to the Saints. You know, I, I'm just tired of I'm just tired of watching people just give Tampa Bay excuses. Sometimes you just gotta look and just say, you know what? I gave a hot take. I really thought that this team was going to, you know, be something looking at all the weapons, looking at all the talent, but I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Dan Olowski. You know what I'm saying? Like he, uh, you know, he admitted he was wrong. You know what I'm saying? I gave him a shout out and stuff like that on it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just the truth. You know, like it's, it's okay to be wrong. I feel like the longer you double down, the more stupid you look. And then it is, you just become so stubborn. You know what I'm saying? Where you just, you know, like they say, too real for yourself. Like, it's okay to be wrong. I can't tell you how many times I was wrong. I was wrong on this show. Like, so many times. 
Like, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, you you look at something, you give your opinion. Sometimes you're going to hit, sometimes you're going to miss. But when you keep doubling down and you just make yourself look even worse, and then that's when credibility, that's when your credibility really, uh, you know, becomes an issue. Because it's like you just – you just want to, you know what I'm saying? You just want to give hot takes. And I just feel like that's that's coming from a disingenuous place. And people going to find that out. Uh, Ramsey uh, says, by the way, TJ, have you seen Joe Burrow's season uh, season injury? I feel bad for Joe Burrow. Uh, bless that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, was playing really good. He's a tough guy, tough kid. Um, man, his, his, his best football is ahead of him. But uh, no, Cincinnati, they're going to have to fix that offensive line, man. They're going to get that guy killed. And um, right now, you know, like this, you know, that old saying, he he full of pee and vinegar. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what the pee is, what I'm talking about. And, you know, he's about being a tough guy right now. So you sometimes you got to protect these young quarterbacks from themselves. But if Cincinnati gets themselves the offensive line, uh, they protect him. Uh, you know, you got Joe Mixon, you got Geno Bernard. You you know you can run a football and and you got a uh, you know T Higgins out there you know he he looking like he was a a sure thing. I think that they can actually be a force. I really do. I think they can be a force, but they just got to get that offensive line straight. You know they're gonna get this guy killed, man. It'll be sad. You know what I'm saying? You finally got a guy that could legitimately legitimately be the face of your franchise that that wants to be there, that wants to change the narrative, that has embraced that. You got to make sure that you put the right pieces around him, you know? And honestly, man, huh, <laughs> you probably, uh, I feel like if they probably would have kept Marvin Lewis with Joe Burrow, he probably would have been a quarterback to get them over the hump. I mean, that, that's just my opinion right there. I think if they would have kept Marvin Lewis, drafted Joe Burrow, I think he would have been the answer. Because ever since Marvin Lewis left, I mean, the Bengals have looked very 94-ish, 95 ish you know what i'm saying like when it was really out there with Achilles smith and them <laughs> you know with jeff blake and all the mother cats you know um you know they just look horrible you know even with marvin lewis i mean the narrative was he couldn't win a playoff game but hey you can't win a playoff game if you don't go to the playoffs so i think that if they would have kept marvin and they would have had joe burrow i think you probably would have seen cincinnati win a playoff game at least a playoff game uh, the media was very disgusting yesterday, calling Taysom Hill Tim Tebow and was saying uh, he's going to fail. The media wants us to fail so bad. Yeah, because it's the truth. You know, like, I, I need y'all. I want to introduce y'all to uh, what we call narratives, right? There are certain narratives that, that teams have, right, that, that the media has about teams, right? You got the Cleveland Browns who... The narrative is, you know, they only really talk about Cleveland when they play bad. Y'all, if y'all ever noticed that, you know, you don't never really see them talking about Cleveland when they do something good. Like when Baker Mayfield has been screwing it up, that's when you start to notice, like, you know, that they talk about him. You know what I'm saying? When the Browns lose, what's wrong with the Browns? They got all this talent. What's wrong with the Browns? But when they win, nobody say anything about it, right? When the Cowboys, when the Cowboys lose mostly you know what i'm saying because they do a lot of losing they get more segments because somebody in the media has found out that bad news is better than good news right it's easier 
it's it's basically we're in love with a car crash. We love a car crash. We like to see a car crash. And, you know, we can't take our eyes off of it, you know, because, I mean, it's a crash. It's a wreck right in front of our eyes. So we're so so focused on that. So they don't focus on the positive things. They don't want to talk about the Saints. You know, they don't want to talk about how good the Saints are because if you talk about how good the Saints are, it's like you're saying that, you know, you know, Saints are better than Tampa. And that's a big no-no because the media wants to talk about Tom Brady. If you notice, you if if Drew Brees goes out there and he throws for 230 some odd yards, right? And he's like completely efficient. He um Drew Brees right now is completing 74% of his passes right before his injury. They make it seem like anybody can just throw for 74%, right? And, and if you look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady isn't as efficient as Tom, um, as Drew Brees, but they elevate him. Notice that. No, like I'm I, Notice they elevate Tom Brady and they discredit Drew Brees. That, I mean, it's just the truth because they don't want Drew Brees to be right here with Tom Brady. They don't. So they elevate Tom Brady, good, bad, or indifferent. But if Drew Brees goes out there, fumbles a the football, Drew Brees goes out there, throw an interception, then they amplify, you know what I'm saying, that situation. Oh, he, oh, he, he don't have it anymore. He he looked like he washed up. But with Tom Brady, oh, the offensive line is not together. The running game wasn't there. The wide receivers weren't catching the ball. They weren't helping Tom. That's what they do. Because, you know, in order for you to elevate Drew Brees, you have to discredit Tom Brady. And they don't want to do that. Uh, TJ, I disagree about Marvin Lewis. 13 years as a head coach and seven playoff appearances, 0-7. Uh uh he overstayed his welcome uh reggie well let me, let me let, okay reggie let me go ahead and uh you know debate you on this one right here and you're entitled to your opinion reggie make a very interesting point there um but who are we comparing them to number one okay before marvin lewis who did they have right who did they have before marvin lewis nobody even really heard or talked about the cincinnati Bengals. when marvin lewis was there he had Carson Palmer, right? Now, Carson Palmer and the Cincinnati Bengals went up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoff game. Cincinnati was winning that game, and most likely they would have won that game. They would have won, no doubt about it. But Carson Palmer ended up tearing his ACL. John Kittner comes into the game. All of a sudden, just everything just goes haywire. Then Carson Palmer gets into it with the Brown family and all of a sudden he doesn't want to be there anymore. And then there's a drop off and then you have Andy Dalton. And I think we all can agree that Andy Dalton is not that guy. Okay. If we talk about not ready for prime time. Okay. I I often used to say on the state of Sage podcast, if you go back, there's a left, there's 12 o'clock Andy. And then there's 415 Andy. Okay. 12 o'clock Andy will get you about three touchdowns and no interceptions. 415 Andy Dalton will get you the opposite. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay, so I just feel like it was a combination of that. I feel like the quarterback position, you got to be fearless. There is no way in the world. There is no way in the world I would believe that if Marvin Lewis had Joe Burrow as his quarterback, if he was the coach that the Cincinnati Bengals wouldn't want a playoff game. 
I, I fail to believe that. There's something I think we all can agree, and we've been having these debates about Joe Burrow, and I don't feel bad about talking about the Bengals because we all love Joe Burrow for what he did at LSU. Everybody that watched LSU will tell you there is something different about Joe Burrow. That guy is a gamer. He tough. He has amnesia when it comes to him turning the ball over, making a mistake. He goes harder when he makes a mistake. So just on his talent, his intangibles alone, Cincinnati would have won a playoff game. Straight up, man. Straight, straight up. That, that's, the, that's the way I honestly feel about it. I, I really feel that way. Just, just off his talent alone. But, I mean, hindsight is 2020, man. If it was the fifth, we all would be drunk. So, Reggie, you know, I mean, wishful thinking. Uh, what's the difference between uh, Lamar's uh, first start and Taysom? It's all about narrative, pretty much. Look, man, if we thought that Taysom Hill was going to come out here 400 yards, uh, folk touchdowns, and all that kind of stuff, man, I, I didn't expect it. And that's the reason why, you know? Like, I don't I don't feel like anybody needs to go into anything with high expectations. I, I really if, if you're talking about a, a quarterback, a new quarterback in the system, it's better for you to be, you know, just kind of centered. Got to be centered. Because if your expectations up here, and if they play bad, then all of a sudden it just will automatically drop. If they're, if they're down here and they play well, then they're going to go way up here. Like now you have people that was talking about Taysom. Oh, he the future. He the, he's, he's Drew Brees' successor. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump your brakes. It's only one game. You know, we'll, we'll see as time goes on, you know, now that he's played in a real NFL game, you know, teams are going to see him on film. Now they're going to understand his tendencies. They're going to find out ways to scheme him. And then we can see where it goes. But as of right now, I'm reserving my judgment, you know, and I think every member of who that nation should as well. I mean, we're proud of him. We're happy that his first thought was pretty good. You know, there's room to grow room to improve, of course, but you know, I mean, I'm not sitting up here saying, oh, you know, man, we're about to win multiple Super Bowls and Taysom Hill in the future. I can't say that right now. But I will say he played really well. You know, I, I will say he played pretty, pretty well, and I think everybody would, would probably agree with that. Uh, bro just got the if factor, man. You're right. Yeah. Some people got it. Some people don't, man. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has the if factor. Russell Wilson has the if factor. You know, I mean, it goes without saying Drew Brees has the effect. It's certain things about guys. Kyler Murray has it from what I see. You know, as long as these guys are in the game, you you got a shot. OK, I, I mean, look, I don't care if it's the fourth quarter, the Saints are beating the Seattle Seahawks 28 to seven. If they got nine minutes on the clock, I'm scared to death. I'm serious, man. That's how much respect I have for Russell Wilson. If you look at somebody like Kyler Murray, those, man, those guys are ballers, gamers, man. It, it's something it, it's something that can't be taught. It, it's something you're born with. It, it's something you're born with. You can't, you, it's something, you cannot learn how to have it. Some, nobody can teach you how to have it. You know, it, it's something that you're born with. You know, it, it, it's something you're born with. It, it's something about a person that it makes another person want to run through a wall for him and everybody can't do it. But with Joe Burrow, I, I believe that. And as he becomes a seasoned veteran in the league, 
I think his teammates going to have the same type of respect that, that Drew Brees' uh, teammates have for him. Y'all seen when Drew Brees played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after that game? Y'all seen Jameis coming up to the camera, uh, G.J. Swearinger, Cam Jordan, talking about, man, it's the real GOAT right here. You earn it. You earn that type of credibility with your teammates. Reggie says, TJ, big bro, we going to have to agree to disagree. Marvin didn't do nada in 13 years. I won't say he didn't do nada. I think that's a, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. If you want to say he didn't win a playoff game, fine. But, but to say that he didn't do nada, as trash as the Bengals were, like, look, it, you know, we got to be real. Two teams that that were stinking it up in the nineties were the Saints and the Bengals. And a lot, and when I seen the Saints play the Bengals in the nineties, the Bengals beat the Saints. I mean, it, it was bad. It was bad, folks. It was bad. All right? The Cincinnati Bengals were horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Okay? It, one of them teams where if you look at the schedule, you already know you was about to win. Marvin Lewis was, you know, was a good coach to that franchise. And even though he didn't win a playoff game, I guarantee you he going he gonna to be up there, you know what I'm saying, as one of the best coaches that ever, you know, coached that team. So I don't know. Like I said, I mean, we'll agree to disagree, I, but I can't say that he didn't do nada. I mean, to say that he didn't make a playoff, yeah. I mean, win a playoff game, yeah. But to say that he didn't do nada, that's that's a strong that's a strong statement. Jerome says I agree. AJ Green got his first touchdown with Joe B since 2018. Well, you know, AJ Green was trying to save himself, man, because he thought. Well, maybe I can get myself up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, but Cincinnati don't like trading players. They don't like releasing players. It, it, you know, man, I, I don't get it, man. If a player don't want to play for you no more, just let them go. Okay. Try to get some draft capital for them. If you can't, then just release them. Okay. I, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like a player need to get the Marcus Allen treatment. You know, uh, those that probably uh, football historians, you know what I'm talking about how uh, Al Davis set Marcus Allen on a bench and uh, didn't want to play him. I don't know what was up with that, but, you know, he basically allowed Marcus Allen to waste away. So he finally uh, left and went to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think, I, honestly, if he didn't go to Kansas City, I don't know if Marcus Allen would be in the Hall of Fame. So I don't want to see players like that, man. If they don't want to be in a place, let them go. I don't care how good they are. You can't force a player to play for you. Okay, you know, and honestly, you know, at that particular time, they don't want to play for you. If you paying them, you know, I mean, if they got any type of respect for themselves, they it'll hurt them. But I don't, I don't feel like you need to make a player suffer just because they want to go somewhere to win. You know, like, like how can a, like for example, how can the Texans get mad at JJ Watt? If JJ Watt goes to the front office and say, "Man, y'all need to trade me, let me go." Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I've given you 10 years of service. You know what I'm saying? I, I gave you credibility. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've done all these different things. Like, just let the guy go. You know what I'm saying? He earned the right for him to be like, you know what, man? Let me go ahead and, and, and see what we can do for you. You know, like, let allow a guy to write his own narrative, man. Can you imagine, like, these last couple years with A.J. Green, he could have been somewhere else, probably with a playoff contender. And he probably could have been solidifying himself at, at, for a shot at the Hall of Fame. I mean, A.J. Green has been really good for the Cincinnati Bengals over his career. You know, and I think maybe a Super Bowl championship can 
kind of push him further in the Hall of Fame. You know, a couple good years in the Super Bowl run. I mean, he may not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but, you know, he might miss a few Hall of Fame opportunities, but he end up in the, you know, eventually. Your boy Jay says, it was a blessing in disguise that the Saints didn't get clowned, dude. Really stealing so much money from the Titans, no sack, and can't stay on the field. Yeah, man, uh, we definitely dodged the bullet with that. Uh, those that have been following the State of Saints podcast, man, I've never been sold on Jadavion Clowney. I, I mean, I, it just it was just something about him, man. I, it's two players in the NFL that I, I question their toughness and I question, you know, their ability or their want to to be great. And that's Indomitian Sue and Jadavion Clowney. I always question a guy that has all the tools to be great all the talent in the world and you know they, they don't utilize it i i question it i question it so those are two players right off the off the top like one i even like when the saints were trying to get in dominican sue you know when he was uh choosing between the rams and i think the saints he ended up going to the rams i mean i didn't even want him here then i didn't want sue you know like I don't know, man. It just it's just certain players. Like I understand how good they are, how good they can be, and how dominant they were. Like I watched Indomitian Sue entire career. Like when he was at Nebraska, man, I've seen this dude like completely destroy the Oklahoma uh defense by I mean offense by itself. Okay, like they could they could not stop this guy in the Big 12 championship game. And I watched him go to the to the Lions and get all that money and it just seemed like he just phoned it in and he was just okay with just being average. Can you imagine like, like there's no excuse why Indomitian Sue isn't looked at like we look at Aaron Donald. Like there's no excuse why Jadavian Clowney shouldn't be looked at like his, his former teammate, J.J. White. They have all the talent in the world, the ability. They can go out there, excuse my French, and half-ass it and still do enough to make the Hall of Fame. So imagine if they put their heart, their soul, and their mind and everything they have into it to be great. Because I question the fact if they want to be great or not. I think they want to make money. You know what I'm saying? I think all players want to make money, but do you want to be great? I don't know that. I don't know that about those two guys. I really don't. Uh, facts. Look at Tag McKinley. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know, man. Tag McKinley. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, he never lived up to the hype. Never. Uh, he can't even he can't even pass a physical, which is sad. I would say that the number one seed won't really matter if the NFL decides to keep where it's at now. It definitely uh, will matter. Well, Mike, you know, I don't feel like the number one seed matters uh, this year. Yeah, you get a first round vibe, but. Due to COVID nineteen and you know these these stadium and these stadium and dome restrictions, I mean, what you gonna have six thousand people at a divisional round game? I don't think they're gonna play a role. I really don't. Now, if this was like a, a season like every other season, and it was packed, you know what I'm saying, and a whole bunch of people were in the stadium, then you know what I'm saying. Then I'd be like, okay, it's a big deal, but. You know, a team comes on the road, as long as they discipline, they can beat you because they ain't got to worry about crowd noise. I mean, look at the game against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was doing a, a snap count 
and having the Saints jump off sides at a home game for the Saints. So I'm like, come on, man. Like, how much does home field advantage really matter this season? You know, I mean, from a from a buy, you know what I'm saying? The fact that you get a buy, if you look at it that way, cool. But I don't feel, you know what I'm saying? I don't think if the Saints become a number one seed, they can't go on the road, travel to Green Bay and beat the Packers. I don't feel like if they had to go up to Seattle, they can't beat Seattle in an empty stadium. I mean, because I think the Saints are better than Seattle. You know? Yeah, I think they're better than Green Bay. So, I don't think it too much matters. I mean, that's it, it just, it just me. Like, home field advantage, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's what all teams should aspire uh, to be and do. You know what I'm saying? Be the number one seed because that means you won your division. And that's like, that's like the first goal for every team, to win a division, right? So, if you win the division, have the top, Wrecking the NFC, I mean, it's just icing on a cake, you know. So, but it, it's not how it was, you know, in recent years. If you had the number one seed, then I mean, that'll be something. But not in a COVID year like like it's been this year. I can't believe Saints fans were rooting for the Rams last night. Y'all might see them again in the playoffs. Uh, look, you root for the team that's going up against your rival. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't hate the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sitting up here hating on the Rams. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the Rams' fault that the referees didn't call pass interference. I mean, Nikel Roby Coleman would just realize that he screwed up and he went over there and just knocked out Tommy Lee Lewis. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that I mean, he would just, he just was trying to make a play. You know what I'm saying? He was just trying to do the best that he can to try to stop him from getting the ball. It was the referee's fault, you know. The Rams are a good football team. You know what I'm saying? Anytime they play the Saints, they always play them tough. The Saints have not beaten the Rams, you know what I'm saying, in a while. You know, like, well, I won't say a while because they beat them uh, 2018, am I mistaken? And they beat them in 2018. So, I mean, it, it's always interesting. They, they both have really good offensive-minded coaches. Uh, both defenses are playing really well. So it'll be a good football game, you know. But this is the thing, you know, I'm not like, I don't watch the schedule like some other teams and just be like, ooh, I hope I don't play them. Look, if you're the best, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter who you play. You know, I don't like that mind frame. I don't like, ooh, man, I don't want to play them. I don't want to play them. Like, look, if the Vikings end up making a playoff, look, bring on the Vikings. I don't care. Like, if Green Bay end up making a playoff, bring on the Packers. If we got to play the Rams, bring on the Rams. Right, if you're the best, if you're that team, if you that squad, like they said, tap is, then you shouldn't. It shouldn't matter who you play. I don't care about that. So, if you got, if we got to play the Rams in the playoffs, bring on the Rams. Okay, hope the Saints ready. You know, you can't just be around this thing. You know, what I'm saying tiptoeing through the tulips. You know, what I'm saying and and trying to, you know, what I'm saying get away from the raindrops. It don't work like that. Okay, it, it, you know, put up a shut up. The crowd not being there hurts uh, my Baltimore Ravens. Derrick Henry, too. Uh, look, uh, Jewel, let, uh, I mean, look. <laughs> Derrick Henry just got y'all a number, man. Derrick Henry just got y'all numbers. There, there are certain squads that you go up against that just you just don't match up well against. You know, uh, when it comes to, like, the Minnesota Vikings, I just feel like the Saints – don't really match up well against the Minnesota Vikings because I think it has a lot to do with Mike Zimmer and Sean Page's relationship. 
And Mike Zimmer knowing Sean Payton's tendencies, knowing how to stop uh, Sean Payton and, and neutralize him in certain ways. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Now, Kevin Stefanski not being with the Vikings anymore, that might be helpful, you know what I'm saying, if the Saints, you know, were to play the Vikings. But I just feel like the Saints don't match up well against the Vikings. I, I just don't, you know. Like, the Vikings are a really good football team, uh, you know, especially when they play the Saints. And I feel like with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Tennessee Titans is just one of those teams, man. You know, they're an old-school smash-mouth team, you know, that that – you know, they run a football to set up the play action, you know what I'm saying, to push the ball down the field. That's that's some that's some 1992 football right there. You know what I'm saying? That's some that's some uh Roger Craig type stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, Roger Craig was out there, you know, like you, you know, run the ball with him, catch out of backfield, you know, but you know, setting up that play action, you know, like like they just one of those teams, man. Them in a, in a Kansas City Chiefs for some apparent reason, Baltimore just have a problem with them. Oh, who that TJ and my who that family? What's going on, Herman? And shouts out to you, man, out there in Italy. Uh, Gabrielle says, I, I just hope we don't play in the rain or the cold. Well, I don't think the Saints should have an issue with that. You know, they played in the cold out there in Chicago, they played in the cold out there in Cincinnati a couple years ago. They might be, they're going to be playing in the cold in Denver. You know, it's going to be cold in Denver. I don't know if it's going to snow or not, but look, man, look, good, good teams travel. Okay. Good team travel. They can play on the moon. They can play on earth. You know, they can play on Pluto. It don't matter. You know, if you're a good team, if you're that squad, it shouldn't matter. I mean, I, I don't want to be like one of them teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to make excuses. Well, you know, wait, wait till we get some warm weather. Wait, wait, wait till we get the footballs down pay. Wait till, wait till the buff guy buff all the, you know what I'm saying, buff the footballs right. You know what I'm saying? Put the scratches in there so they can throw the ball down the field. Uh, wait till the towel boy put the put a towel in, in Tom Brady's pocket so he can wipe his hands off and keep them dry. Man, knock it off. Like, like man, let's not be one of those teams, man. Look, if the Saints are that squad and we believe they are, if we feel like the Saints have turned the corner and it looks like they are starting to, then look. I, I don't want to make excuses. Bring on anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring them on. If the Saints, that squad, if, if we got confidence in our team, then bring them on. Uh, Kevin says, I feel that we want whoever. Exactly. Uh, Dr. Drew said, hell yeah. It, I mean, it's just the truth, folks. You can't duck folk, man. You can't. Like, if the Saints are going to be the be the best team in the NFC, you got you to gotta play the best teams in the NFC. You know? What, what Rick Flair say to beat a man, you got to beat the man. It's the truth. If you want to be that team, if you want to be that squad, if you want to be, you know, because if, if if we're watching the Los Angeles Rams, right, we're watching them and they're, they're playing really well, it's only a matter of time before we're on a collision course with them. If Seattle goes out there and they play, it's only a matter of time before we're on a collision course with them. So bring them on. Uh, yo, TJ, what do you think about the Steelers being 10 and 0? Uh, they look dominant on defense and offense. Uh, Ramsey, uh, I see, I see a lot of uh, uh, chinks in the armor of the of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, are they playing good defensively? Absolutely. Uh, they're turn, you know, they're getting turnovers. Uh, you know, um, T.J. White, uh, you know, is looking really good. You know, um, one of the top five in sacks this season. Uh, but you know, I think they're, I think they're a good football team. I think they're improved. But they also are 
benefited off almost similar to a last place schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't that good last year because Big Ben was out for the entire season. And we know like when you're a first place team, you play a first place schedule. So that's the reason why the Saints, you know, end up playing teams like the 49ers and stuff like that. You know, they playing division champions, you know, but when you start to lose, like it kind of, you know, you start playing like teams that, you know, middle of the road, bottom of the barrel. So I think they're benefiting from that. And they, and they always have been good. You know, it, it was just the fact Big Ben was, wasn't there. Do I think they can run the table? Looking at their schedule, it's possible. But the more you play, the more you look like you're going undefeated, you get even the worst team's best shot because they want to be that team to knock you off. But uh, I think they are good defensively. Do I feel like they're the best team in the AFC? I do not. Uh, I, I feel like if I had to make a choice, to me, uh, I feel like the, the Tennessee Titans are the best team in that AFC. Uh, you know, I, I know that Indianapolis Colts, they, they look good. They beat them last time. Uh, but I, I don't trust Phillip Rivers. Uh, Phillip Rivers is, is a, a, a turnover waiting to happen. Uh, I feel like the defense of the Colts has improved. I like uh, Frank Reich as a coach. But I think Tennessee, I think the formula, you know what I'm saying, like a, a, a good running game travels, you know what I'm saying, especially in the playoffs. And when you have – you know, one of the best uh, running backs in football and a, a guy that's a tank in Derrick Henry. How can you not, uh, how can you not pick the Tennessee Titans? Notice I didn't say the Kansas City Chiefs because I don't think Kansas City that good either. You know, I don't think they're that good. Uh, when Ric Flair speaks, I listen. Yeah, man. I think everybody listen to Ric Flair. The reason why our defense playing so great is because they are playing more aggressively. Ice cream, man, you know, that, that you're, you're selling the truth on that. And that's one of the things that uh, really bothers me about this team. Uh, I, I feel like – I don't feel like your back have to be against the wall for you to play your best, okay? I mean, it, it just upsets you, like, when you know that this team is capable of being this good. And it has to take – your Hall of Fame quarterback uh, to go out in order for you to rise to the occasion. It takes everybody picking Tampa for you to rise to the occasion. I must say who that nation, I'm a little nervous about this Denver Broncos game because, you know, Vic Fangio is a really good defensive minded coach, arguably the best defensive coordinator in football. Okay. When he was with the Chicago bears, you know, man, he had them boys rolling. Okay, and then he ended up getting a head coaching job in Denver. Now, the Denver Broncos, I know their record don't indicate that they're a good football team, but they did beat the Miami Dolphins team that was pretty good, man, and Miami was rolling, getting turnovers. Special teams was on point. Uh, Tua seemed like he was coming on, which, you know, while we while we talking about Miami, I really don't understand why you're going to bench Tua. Like, you bench Ryan Fitzpatrick for him, you know, trust your young quarterback, okay? I mean, all you're doing is, like, destroying his confidence by taking him out of the game. But anyway, man, the Denver Broncos, they're going to be a tough out. You know, I, Vic Fangio is going to have a defensive game plan for Taysom Hill. Uh, there's a couple things about this game that bothers me, and there's some things about this game that, you know, puts my mind at ease. Uh, number one, uh, I feel like we got the best kicker in football. Somebody said uh, Young Way Koo is the best uh, field goal kicker in football, which, you know, it was around uh, about 2, 3, 2.33 o'clock in the morning when this happened. So I, I assume some alcoholic beverages were 
close in the vicinity for him to, to write something like that. But I feel like uh, Will Lutz uh, is the best kicker in football, okay? This, I mean, him and Justin Tucker, like, right there, okay? You know, like, it depends on, what, you know what I'm saying, your type or what you like, you know what I'm saying? But they, they like one and one eight. Will Lutz in this game, I feel like if the Saints had to kick a big field goal, I'll put him out there. Like, I don't know if people understand, like, science and gravity and all that kind of stuff, but if you're kicking a ball out there in Denver, the ball, like, you know what I'm saying, like, really, you know what I'm saying, floats, you know what I'm saying, like, the ball, th there's very little air pressure out there, right? So let's just say, for example, if you're a punter and your max is, I don't know, 50-something yards, well, add another 10 to that, you know what I'm saying? So you're probably going to be banging a ball about 64 yards, you know? So it, it gives it gives you an advantage, you know what I'm saying? It, it gives you an advantage as a punter, and it gives you an advantage as a kicker. So if it came down to it, and if it's a, a defensive battle, uh, Drew Locke uh, can't get the job done, Taysom Hill struggling, you know, what have you, and it's a defensive lock, and it's up to the Saints to come out there, try out Will Lutz for a 56 or 57-yard field goal, uh, you know, I trust that, you know what I'm saying? So that's like one of the advantages. Now the disadvantage, of course, uh, you know, is being that high uh, above sea level. You know what I'm saying? Like most teams that travel to play, you know, to Denver to play games, they got to bring oxygen and stuff like that. Cause you know, you're in a mountain. So, you know, that, that's, that's an issue. And, you know, every time the saints go out there the mile high, it, it always end up you know, there's always some weird stuff go down. Every time they play the Denver Broncos, the Saints just do uncharacteristic stuff. Like, for example, like, I think the last time the Saints played Denver, I think, you know, that was that game where, you know, Will Lutz punt got blocked and the guy ran down the sidelines. That was in the Superdome. But it was just weird stuff like that. Will Lutz was missing field goals. Michael Thomas fumbled the ball about two or three times. It's just weird, man, you know, but the Saints got to be ready, man. That, that's one of those games that really – uh bothers me you know you know that that, that that really bothers me but us having a good special teams and us having the best uh, field goal kicker i feel like that's going to be beneficial in this game it, it's very rare that when a guy talks about keys to victory it involves a field goal kicker but in this case i feel like it's going to be will lutz will lutz going to be that uh key to victory for us because uh Look, Denver has a bend but don't break defense, and they can and they can get turnovers. And uh, we all know, um, as much as we love Taysom Hill, man, he has fumbled the ball six times this season and lost three. Okay, so that's not good. All right, ball security is the issue. Uh, you know, I mean, you're not gonna always get lucky uh, throwing them ducks down the field. You know, so you might have to rely on your defense to step up. And it might end up being a defensive battle. I mean, I, I hope, you know, Taysom Hill elevates his game from week one to week two of us being a starter. But you never know. Got to be ready. Uh, TJ, I'm not sold on the Steelers either. Question, who are your NFC and AFC favorites? Your team who's going to be a tough out in both conferences and your sleeper teams in both conferences? Uh, Well, best team in the NFC without question to me right now other than new orleans saints okay new orleans saints are the best team in the nfc to me uh followed by uh the los angeles rams uh followed by the seattle seahawks the seattle seahawks secondary bothers me it has absolutely nothing to do with their offensive weapons uh you know i mean not at all you know what i'm saying like you got dk metcalf out there you know what i'm saying you got uh carson and all the other cats you know what i'm saying like 
they have the talent, but defensively, which is crazy because, you know, they, their bread and butter over the years has been their defense. And with the Rams, I just think they have stability. You know, I think they have stability. I think they have uh, two running backs that can get the job done. They got a good play caller, and they got good complimentary football going on out there. And as far as the AFC is concerned, uh, I feel like the Tennessee Titans are the best team in AFC. Uh, I feel like they have what it takes. They can beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are second, followed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the sleeper uh, in the AFC, I start with them. The sleeper in the AFC, to me, are the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I know it's funny that I'm saying this, but if if the Browns can somehow get into the playoffs, they got the running game to get the job done. And we've seen this, we seen this last season. We we seen this last season that a team ran their way to the AFC championship with the, you know, with the Tennessee Titans. We we saw this. We we saw this happen. And you know, like Tennessee Titans look good at the beginning of the game. And of course, Kansas City kind of flexed their muscle a little bit. But, you know, I think that if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which people don't really talk about. It's not like this dude like had an injury or something like that. He got into a little issue, lied to the Chiefs, you know, and they end up cutting him. But this guy was the same guy people were talking about who was the rookie of the year, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. So they got a good two-headed monster out there. And as long as Baker Mayfield don't turn the ball over and they run the football, I think they could be a sleeper, you know. And I think with the unfortunate loss of Odell Beckham, it actually – made the team a little bit better because now Baker don't have to worry about forcing the ball to Odell and Jarvis to keep them both happy. And, uh, you know, so I think the Cleveland Browns, and as far as the NFC, uh, the NFC, my sleeper is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, he's getting better every single week. Uh, His ability to scramble outside of the pocket, uh, a little bit of RPO game, and not to mention DeAndre Hawkins out there. And then you have the ageless Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you got a young, hungry defense led by Buda Baker and crew. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is looking really good. So I would say that the Arizona Cardinals, man, I mean, the NFC West uh, is the best division in football right now. If we're talking about, you know, relevant teams. So th- those are my those are my picks. The 49ers just wanted to get rid of uh, Quine's contract. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I mean, you got all that talent on the team. Uh, you know, so you got Warner, uh, you got, you know, Bosa, I don't know, Solomon. I don't know if you got Solomon Thomas paid or not. I have to look at their contract issue. But I, I really feel like they're trying to, uh, they're trying to start over a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think they don't, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo eventually um, is going to uh, end up being cut by him. I think they're going to end up going in another direction at quarterback. Uh, I think that they, have some players on that team they feel like they want to pay and um you know i just and, and also man just the, the linebacker court man the, the young linebackers that they had they feel like quine was ex- expendable you know and so i mean we i appreciate that you know what i'm saying like because he's playing outstanding right now and and now that's freeing up demario davis and now look at demario man demario is, is is playing out his mind right now because now he has somebody he can count on to be where they need to be so we appreciate that. And if I was the Saints, you know, I, I know that the San Francisco 49ers cut Kiko Alonso. I signed Kiko back. I would. You know what I'm saying? I, Kiko Alonso is not bad. You know what I'm saying? The only issue was he can't stay healthy. But it's not like you can't put him in different packages. You know what I'm saying? He can't be, you know, 
I hate, I hate to say it, folks, but if I had to choose between Kiko Alonso and Alex Azzalone, I'm going with Kiko, you know? I mean, they both have a history of being hurt, being injured, you know? So I definitely, I definitely roll uh, and, and sign uh, Kiko again. I definitely would do that. No NFC East teams, TJ? No, Charles. No NFC East teams. None. None, not at all. Uh, Murray is a dog. Yeah, I agree with that. I seen somebody say the Buffalo Bills. I'm trying to find that. I'm going to give the person credit because I wanted to address that. I apologize. I, somebody, I seen somebody say the Buffalo Bills are definitely a sleeper. Uh, the Buffalo, yeah, here we go, Jamal. Shout out to Jamal. Uh, two up and down. Two up and down to me. Uh, Josh Allen at the beginning of the season, everybody was talking about he was an MVP candidate, and then all of a sudden it was like, man, who the heck is this? Uh, I feel like they definitely got a, a, a number one receiver in Stephon Diggs, arguably one of the best route runners in football. Uh, you know, I think that the defense, uh, Sean McDermott, we know what he did for the Carolina Panthers during that Super Bowl run. I'm not concerned about their defense. I definitely feel like they're going to win the East this year. But I don't trust Josh Allen in situations, man, for him to make the right decision. Um, He's gotten better since the last time we saw him in that wild card game versus the Houston Texans. But they had no business losing that game to me. And I don't too much watch Josh Allen in the first three quarters of a game, I'm more interested to see what, how he does down the stretch. What type of decisions are you making? Like when it's money time, when a game is on the line, chips on the table, uh, how are you going to perform? And I have to say, folks, I, I have not been impressed. I have not been impressed at what I saw. Now, the arm talent, outstanding. Guy has a cannon. Uh, his ability to scramble outside of the pocket, uh, his ability to move around, I mean, top notch. His ability to throw on the run, really good. But he has all the talent in the world, but it, it's about what's it's about what's between the ears, like in, in crunch time, you know. And I think that's gonna hold those I think that's holding him back from me picking the Bills as a sleeper team. You know, I mean, but I, I look, I'm so happy for the Buffalo Bills uh fan base. Because Lord knows, man, they they need a they need a shot of a they need a, a, a shot of adrenaline, happiness, uh, you know what I'm saying? Something going on out there, man. Because uh, it's been some rough years, man. And now that the New England Patriots don't have to stranglehold on the division anymore, maybe that division can actually grow. You know, uh, I like to resign Kiko. Me too. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I would definitely put him in a rotation. Uh, he definitely is good at stopping a run, and you know his uh his uh, his ability to uh, break down uh, defenses and and see the hole and be where he needs to be. That's that has never been in question. Uh, that nickel package is stupid. The Saints have. I disagree. Uh, I, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I feel like uh, the nickel package of the Saints is is much. You know, what I'm saying is is really good. You know, like compared to some other teams. Uh, but what the Saints go wrong is, man, I don't know, man, having Marcus Williams out midfield. I'm glad they got rid of that. Okay. Look, midfield is like for the for the Earl early Earl Thomas, the Ed Reeves, the Troy Palomalus. Okay. Look, 
I like uh, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams went to the University of Utah. I think he he had a 4.0 grade point average coming out of school. He's a smart, smart guy. But he doesn't always make the right decisions. And I feel like where well, the Saints kind of freed that up. You know, I think that kind of helped them out. Now you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of cover zero. You know what I'm saying? Like you're seeing a lot of zero coverage out there. You you're seeing a lot of uh man-to-man coverage. Uh, you see a lot of cover two. Uh, you see a lot of like uh, CJ Garner Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Like doing a lot of stunting out there. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you see a lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you see him coming off the blitz. Uh, you see him like in nickel packages and stuff like that. They're moving him around. And I like that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, CJ Garner Johnson, like he, he going to get home. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he going to get home. He going to get to the quarterback. He going to disrupt them somehow. So I like what they're doing defensively now. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that that mid, that middle of the field stuff, that Seattle Seahawks uh, defense they were playing early in the season, thank God they ain't doing that no more. You know? Uh, I, okay, Ralph, uh, okay, Ralph says stupid means good. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, man, you're taking me back to 1991 with that. <laughs> when Will, Will Smith on the Fresh Prince saying stupid. <laughs> And that's stupid. Okay, okay, I, I got you now, man. I, 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 I ain't understand. I thought you were talking about stupid, like, you know, didn't make sense. Uh, man, what's going on with uh with Thomas M? He doesn't seem to uh be punning the same. Uh, talking about Thomas Morstead. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Father Tom is undefeated. I mean, he's been in the league for twelve years, and um. I mean, the Saints don't really punt that much, so he ain't getting that much practice out there. But I, I think he'll be okay, man. I mean, he do good, all things considered. I mean, he did good last Sunday. You know, he he put uh, Atlanta down at the goal line a couple times. So I think he did a good job. Uh, watch a little bit of the Falcon Nation mad. Uh, well, I mean, let them be mad, okay? Falcons need to be mad at themselves. Uh, for believing that their team actually had a chance this season, I, I said it, man. I don't, I don't know if anybody like saw me say it, but I said uh, when I was doing prediction, I said there was going to be at the bottom of the division. You know, I, I said it because I like, man. Long as they had that GM, long as they had, you know, long as they had that GM, I ain't so much was worried about Dan Quinn. It's the GM. It's, it's him whiffing on draft picks. It's him making bad decisions. And honestly. You know, the only reason why he, he stayed the GM so long because of nepotism. I think his dad was like the GM of the Redskins back in the day. Now, I know they're the football team now, but at the time they were the Redskins. And I just think that, uh you know, nepotism uh, played a huge role in, in him actually keeping that job for a long because, I mean, he has been pulling this team down. And like I said, I just hope and I pray and I wish that they don't pick up the phone called Metairie, Louisiana, and signed Jeff Ireland as their next GM. That would hurt my heart because uh, Jeff Ireland is the secret weapon, okay? It ain't Mickey Loomis. It ain't Mickey Loomis, folks. People like Mickey Loomis has done a great job. Mickey Loomis has been here just as long as Sean Payton. And, and can I interest y'all in some of the draft whiffs they didn't had over the years? And then all of a sudden when Jeff Ireland becomes like the head of scouting and the assistant GM, all of a sudden, like the team just started getting really good draft picks. I mean, did did 
I don't know, did Mickey Loomis go to a great sorcerer or something like that, you know, gave him the power to see into the future? Or could it be that Jeff Ireland is just that good? Okay, and maybe the assistant manager is making the store manager look good. So I hope they don't make that phone call because I would miss Jeff Ireland. I would rather see Mickey Loomis leave before Jeff Ireland. That's just the truth. That is just the truth, folks. If Jeff Ireland leaves here and goes somewhere else, and so and, and now the and now people are figuring that out now because you know when I think somebody put this on Twitter, they they showed like the 2017 draft and they showed like all the accolades of those draft picks. I think if somebody see that and they'd be like, wait a minute, man, who the scout? Who's the head of scouting? Who, who's that guy? Oh, Jeff Ireland? Oh, he's the assistant GM? Let's call this guy up. You know, so it's going to be rough, man. Like, it's going to be hard to keep Jeff Ireland. It's going to be hard, especially now you can't block teams uh, from talking to uh, personnel anymore. It's going to be a sad day. It's going to be a sad day watching Atlanta Falcons actually get good because uh, Jeff Ireland going to be, man, giving them good draft picks. But I'll be happy for him, though, because he deserves it. Uh, TJ, do you consider the Raiders a sleeper? Uh, No, I don't consider the Raiders a sleeper because – uh, the Raiders are the only team that beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And if Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes, they would have beat him twice. Uh, I think that Derek Carr is doing an outstanding job. Uh, I think that people need to put some respect on that man's name. Uh, I think that the, the Raiders are going to be a force uh, in the future. Uh, I, I think that they're going to be a really good football team. I think offensively, uh, they do really well. I think they're pretty young on defense. I think their defense needs to grow a little bit more. But if those guys can stay together, it almost can be kind of like how the same secondary was when Lattimore and Williams and all them boys got here. You know what I'm saying? They, they had to learn together in order for them to get better. So uh, I like uh, Jonathan Abrams. Uh, I think that uh, John, I think he's really good. He has a lot of heart. You know, he plays a little rough. It reminds me of a, a modern-day Bob Sanders, you know, because he really puts his body on the line. That kind of concerns me. Uh, but he's going to have a C on his chest eventually. Uh they have a lot of good players on the Raiders team, so they definitely aren't a sleeper to me. You know, they 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 um they became a uh they didn't become a sleeper after the Saints uh got whooped on. You know what I'm saying? After this, like they got after they toast the Saints. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I gotta be real with you. You know, after the after the, they showed me that one player can destroy them, and it's, it was nothing the Saints could do about it. Like Darren Waller, like as like you didn't have an answer for one dude that was killing you. Like that, that showed me right there. And then after they beat Kansas city, they definitely not sleeping to me. They here, they here. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is the defensive player of the year. Mm, I have to look around the league. Uh, he's definitely a defensive player of the year in the saints locker room. So, I mean, I don't know what other guys are doing, uh, but who knows, man? I've seen stranger things happen. You know, I've seen stranger things happen. Uh, TJ, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm right about, Dr. Drew. Uh, you use a uh, uh, Tampa excuse with the Saints. COVID set uh, us back six weeks. Uh, we have gotten better uh, week after week. I don't see us losing unless Taysom does a 180. I do believe he will uh, well hope he only gets better. You said I used the Tampa excuse with the Saints. COVID set us back six weeks. I said COVID set us back six weeks. 
I said that. Man, somebody, somebody fact check. I don't, I don't know if I said that. I, I did say COVID-19 plays a role. It did. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to conditioning and stuff like that. But was I sitting up here making excuses every time the Saints have a, a, a shortcoming? Absolutely not. I mean, that the COVID, you know what I'm saying? COVID set a lot of guys back. That's a fact. You can't work out. You can't work on your conditioning. You're not in a team facility, all that kind of stuff. But after a couple of weeks, like at least like these are professionals we talking about here. You know? So I, I don't know. If if I said that, then I don't know, man. I may need to, I need may need to go back into the archives and, and, and look at that, and see what and put that in context. Uh we cannot let Trey Hendrickson go who that nation rankings might be the eye man out. I, I agree with that. Oh, okay. All right. He says, that's what I mean as you can say COVID set us back. Yeah, I mean, set a lot of people back. Set a lot of people back. Set you back. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even playing football, you know? <laughs> a lot of people, you know, felt that way. But at the same time, I mean, other teams had to adjust too. Kansas City had to adjust. Uh, you know, Tennessee had to adjust. So I'm going to read a few more and then we're going to get up out of here. Jamal says, Mickey Loomis up uh, – presidents of operations and put ireland at gm yeah i don't don't mind it falcons was talking about we uh, really didn't play all that great just take y'all l well i mean that's that's how you lose right you lose before because you don't play great i mean that's i don't know man that's like me saying you know i got number I, i didn't study for a test you know, I got this answer wrong. I got the answer wrong because I didn't study for the test. I got the answer wrong because I didn't know the answer to the, to the question. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you didn't play good because, I mean, that's why you lost. I mean, that's crazy. Like, we didn't play well. That's, that's like, when, when you put that into, like, you, when you really think about that, that's, that's, the, that's the craziest thing in the world, right? Man, how, why do we lose? Because we didn't play well. That's pretty obvious, right? if you would have played well you would have won you know or more you know saying well more well than the other team you know what i'm saying like i don't know look they make all the excuses they want man you know it's still not gonna stop it's still not gonna stop the fact they lost tj we need to give Lattimore a pay bump uh but trey uh must be a signed man well Lattimore gonna get paid uh he has been He's been improving, man, and been playing outstanding over these last couple of weeks. Um, I know he got, I mean, I know he was hurt uh, last week, which uh, Saints didn't seem like they missed him. But, uh, man, when he's motivated to play, when he's motivated to play, he, he's like one of the top five corners in the league. You know, but you got to put emphasis on the word ready to play. Ghostface says, great show, TJ. Hope everyone has a legendary day. <laughs> Equine Alexander right there, legendary day. Uh, who that uh, from Western Washington, man? Shouts out to you, man. Shouts out to you. Thank you for being a part of the show. And we're going to finish it up with Kane Arthur says, TJ, it seems like two safety high is giving a D-line plenty of time to be effective. Well, when you have uh, two safeties, one is a seasoned veteran that seems like he's learning a playbook better. And uh, when you have uh, Marcus Williams, man, oh, my, man. I mean, we can't really talk about Marcus Williams now. You know what I'm saying? Marcus Williams has been playing really well as well. So I think it, it was 
the way that they changed things up and how they just simplified the defense has done wonders for this team. You know, and it just shows you, man, you ain't got to come up with all these exotic blitzes and all this crazy, you know, all these crazy stunts and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and exotic packages. Like, just simplify trust your players and allow them to go out there and be themselves. You know, allow them to go out there, run wild and free. You know, I feel like, you know, with C.J. Garner-Johnson, C.J. Garner-Johnson is reminding me of uh, – I, I don't want to put him in his. I don't. I don't want to say he's here yet, but he's he's like a, he's like Tyron Matthew. You know what I'm saying? Like a like a younger version of Tyron Matthew, or how Tyron Matthew was at LSU. Like how he was just all over the field. Like LSU used to send him on a blitz. LSU used to like have him out there like lined up at a linebacker position. Used to have him lined up at nickel. That's who he reminds me of. Now, I gotta say. I got to say this about C.J. Gardner-Johnson, man, and I hope this this improves before, you know, they they play a game that really means something. But he's going to have to turn his head around, man. He's got to turn his head around. He got lucky last week uh, against that tight end uh, when Matt Ryan threw the tight end the ball, and he and he got his hand in there just in time. And it probably has something to do. I, I, anybody ever played? Anybody ever played like defense, safety, cornerback? You already know what I'm going to say with this. When you get beat, <laughs> when you get beat by a receiver, that's one thing that you look at, right? You know, if you, if your back is turned, what do you look at? If a guy has a visor on, it's like the it's like the biggest advantage. It's like the biggest advantage in the world, right? If a guy has on a visor, you can actually see the ball coming, and you can kind of like dictate it, or you know, if, if a guy has like, you know, weird eyes or something like that, because, you know, when a guy about to catch the ball, your eyes get like about big as saucers. You know what I'm saying? So if a guy eyes start getting big, you kind of know that the ball is coming. You know what I'm saying? But he's going to have to turn his head around, long story short. I feel like that's the only thing that's holding him back. If he can actually uh, turn his head around, because he has good hands and he has like good return skills as well. If he can turn, if he can turn his head around, the way that he's playing right now, you know, I think that he'll be okay. Uh, Kevin says a poor man, Troy Powell, Malu. No, I ain't even going there. He, he is nah. He ain't even he ain't even on that level. I'm saying Tyron Matthew because Tyron Matthew is not Troy Powell, Malu. He's not Earl Thomas. Like, you know, he, he just he's like a couple notches below Tyron Matthew to me. I won't give him Troy Palomalo. That's legendary stuff right there. But thank you all very much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all for being a part of the show. Uh, I'm going to get my final thoughts, then we're going to get up out of here. Uh, week 11, uh, the Saints uh, dominated uh, the game, you know, against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'm glad to see what we saw versus the Falcons. Uh, I like how the defense stepped up. Quan Alexander has been a godsend to this team. Uh, I feel like if they continue to be on the path, him and Demario Davis, they're on a trajectory to be one of the, I mean, the best linebacking corp in football. Uh, the secondary played outstanding. Uh, Janora Jenkins, if he plays like that every week, uh, God help the team to have to go up against the Saints because you have Lattimore on the other side and you have two shutdown corners on each side. That can, that can be something special. And uh, I like the fact that the team is playing for one another, you know, 
going up in, in this game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm looking to see if this team can actually capitalize uh, on, you know, the success they had last week. Uh, they're not reading the press clippings. Uh, they're able to, uh, you know, be able to capitalize on this loss that Tampa had to be able to push themselves a little bit further and uh, just continue to be aggressive, man. You know what I'm saying? Find ways to win. You know, I'm looking for Taysom Hill to be able to make, you know, decisions, uh, uh, you know, better passes down the field. Uh, I'm looking for the running game to step up in this game. You know, I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but I think Latavius Murray can uh, run the football really well. Uh, if uh, Alvin Kamara, if you're you know, limiting his snaps right now, you know what I'm saying, get Latavius Murray involved in the game. Uh, I'm looking to see if Adam Troutman can uh, step up and maybe get more targets to him. Uh, Michael Thomas, I uh, had 104 yards last week. I'm um, looking to see if uh, him and Taysom Hill are on the same page as far as like, you know, the release of uh, Taysom Hill's passes. Seemed like uh, he had to adjust to Taysom Hill uh, passes, you know what I'm saying, a couple of times. Maybe he wasn't ready for it. Maybe it was a little bit different uh, from Drew Brees' passes. And I'm also looking for the special teams to, to uh, step it back up, man. I mean, the Falcons, they did a really good job on special teams. I'll give them that. Uh, nothing about the same special team was spectacular last week. Uh, Will Lutz missed the field goal. Um, used to like at, at least the, the New Orleans Saints getting to the 25 yard line. I mean, it was starting at the 20 and the 19. I don't want to see that, man. So hopefully the special teams can step it up. Hopefully the defense can capitalize. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. No doubt about it. It's going to be a very interesting game. Week 12, Saints versus Denver Broncos. And um, I'll keep you all. Uh, informed on any news injuries reports or anything like that involving the new orleans saints and of course uh, i'll be talking to you later on in the week about the matchup versus the denver broncos but please subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast facebook.com search the state of the saints podcast and previous episodes available on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and anchor fm and i'm on social media you can follow me on twitter at State of Saints. That's at State of Saints. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?